Thanks for joining us here on Service to School Stories. Your hosts for this season are Alec Emmert, Service to School CEO and Navy veteran. And Sydney Mathis, Chief Program Officer and former College Admissions Officer. This season will cover topics as it relates to higher education, military service transition, and career opportunities and outcomes for veterans. Join us as we share student stories, inside tips from the admissions office, and conversations with employers actively hiring student veterans. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I am Alec Emmert, CEO of Services School, and today we have Eileen Villarreal with us. Eileen served in the U.S. Air Force, and she went on to attend Harvard University, where she is currently a rising junior. So uh, welcome to the podcast, Eileen. Um, would you mind introducing yourself uh, to our listeners and just telling us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you came from, and uh, what, your, uh, what your background is before you joined the military? Yes, of course. Thank you, Alec. Um, okay, so hello, everyone that's listening. Um, my name's Eileen. I am from Texas, uh, from the town of El Paso, Texas. It's a border town. Um, and since the border town, uh, that means that I am a daughter of Mexican migrants that move into the United States. I lived in Texas until about twelve. I was about like 19 years old and straight out of high school, I decided to join the Air Force um, and I served there for 4.5 years. Um, and by the last six months through to a year, I really decided that I really wanted to pursue higher education and I just wanted to like give it a shot, you know, because life is short and anything can really happen. So I just decided to apply to schools that I really, really wanted to go to. And, you know, to be quite frankly, for those who have been in the service, I really, I mean, I was in the military, you know, I was having, um, I was getting paid every 15 days, you know, that was a stable, that's a stable job. Um, I serve as an intelligence analyst. So I was Intel for the Air Force. So that's also already a pretty good um job you know and i did really tell myself well if i'm gonna leave the air force and leave a stable paycheck it has to be worth it you know and that really pushed me to look at other opportunities in the civilian sector and just really apply and try for that yeah very cool so uh, let's take a take a step back so what made you pick the air force out of all the services yes um because it's the best branch Um, you know, I, funny story, I, I initially was going to be Navy, um, just because I was, I was a high school swimmer and I was a swimmer, but honestly, like being in the sea and being at, um, near the water all the time does get a little annoying for me. So I did really wanted to stay dry land and just do Air Force also, because I did hear that, um, that's where you get treated better. <laughs> so I really wanted to do the Air Force um, because of that. Yeah, cool. And then uh, what made you pick the uh, intelligence uh, specialty? Yeah. Um, so when I, when I was in the recruiter's office, I definitely um, just t- uh, took the ASVAB. And it was very, um, they just told me I qualified for certain jobs. And Honestly, I was 19 years old and I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> so I just picked some that look cool, you know, back straight out of high school, you're gonna join the military and it's like, hey, well, this sounds cool, yay. <laughs> so 
um, I just picked that, you know, and, and I later, two weeks later, I got a call from my uh, recruiter said that I got Intel. And honestly, I did not know what it was at all. <laughs> um, but I found out quite soon. <laughs> Not very cool. So, and, and so I'm, I'm interested to know at what point in your Air Force journey did you start thinking that you, you'd want to take it to the next, uh, you know, you'd, you'd want to get out and then pursue higher education? Yeah. Um, so, like, I always, like, wanted to uh, pursue high, higher education, you know, but, I mean, I did want to join the military really badly. So that happened. But, like, after four four years in it, you do start thinking, okay, well, what could be the next step, um, you know, and I will say that I did have a life or death experience and it definitely opened my eyes to like, hey, you know, we'll have, what is something that you, if you had like one year to live or stuff like that, you know, got really philosophical about that afterwards and what is it like that you would like to do within that last year that you have, you know, and I always really wanted to go to Harvard. It has been my dream school since I was like eight years old. And I was like, well, um, I really did re uh, remember something that one of my sergeants and supervisors said to me was that, you know, if, if, if you don't ask, like the answer is always going to be no. So I took that to a whole other, whole other level, you know, and I really decided to, um, applied to four Ivy League schools and I just wanted to do it you know because if I got rejected okay cool then on to the next step who knows knowing myself I'll probably apply like a year or two years later you know just to like keep trying but after that you know you do start reprioritizing what you want for your future and your life because you know you're not 19 anymore you are uh, a little bit older by then and you do start thinking well where where Am I, is my path going to be staying in the military for 20 years and retire? Or do I really want to do something else and still help the country, you know, still help people? Um, so that's where all that thinking went into. Gotcha. And um, so we talked to a lot of veterans who are interested in, and in, in you mentioned you applied to four Ivy League schools. What, um, what did you do to prepare um, for those applications and how did you set yourself up for success? Because we all know Harvard's not the easiest school to get into. And it's one of those schools that a lot of people dream about going to. You talk about how you dreamed about going there when you were eight years old, but very few people actually are able to, to do that. And so what did you do to kind of take that dream and turn it into a reality? Yes. Um, so whenever, you know, after that life or death experience, I definitely went to the Harvard college website you know and I just I don't know why but like I was just like well I've been wanting to go to this school for the longest time but it's not like I actually ever went to their website you know so um so I, I went to the website and I was just like you know reading like all the type of um words and pictures that they show you know so they can attract more people you know than they already does and I was just like okay well okay <laughs> So for some reason, I really just thought about like, okay, like what about veterans? Like do veterans, are there any veterans at these schools? You know, it was just like a random thought. Like, is this even a thing? Because you don't hear about that, you know, to be quite frank. You don't hear about veterans at Ivy Leagues or top 15 schools in the nation, unfortunately, you know, unless it's like 
really extreme cases. So you do, I definitely went and I just scrolled down and it actually had like a veteran section or something like that. It was quite small, but it was um, appealing. So I clicked on it and then it took me to this link that said that um, if you can partner with this organization um, or something like that, that you, you could just talk to these, this organization and it, they will help you in the application process. And that happened to be the amazing service to school, you know? And so I was a little bit like a little bit confused because I was like, I didn't know where that was like going to lead me into, uh, because you don't see opportunities like this, you know, that's just the reality. They're not, uh, there's not a lot of out there that at least I had seen at the time, you know, and I was active duty. So I clicked on the service to school vet link, uh, and it took me to uh, y'all's website and I saw that I could sign up, you know, to get help to like, uh, so they can review my application, just like see for some grammar issues or just have uh, an ambassador just like work with me, you know? So at the time I had no idea what any of that meant, honestly, like I didn't know what that was at all, but I was like, well, I, I'm already here, so I'll just sign up. So I signed up with my name, my email, and they said they'll the the screen said it was gonna contact me uh, once they have stuff set up for me, and yeah, I sent it, you know. And honestly, I had a lot of hope, but like I said, the opportunities for veterans for higher education, especially really selective schools, there's not a lot. So I really I did the sign up, but I honestly did not expect much. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's just another dream that's going to die or something. But I, I so I, I, I left the the website and I just kind of went out about my uh, my day. And like two hours later, I did get an email back from service to school saying that, hey, we have an ambassador and he's going to reach out to you and they can help you out with any questions that you have. And when will you be able to meet uh, via zoom or via phone call and i was really really surprised after that i was like wow this actually followed through <laughs> you know and after that eventually you know this happened literally at the beginning of 2020 you know so right before the pandemic and for the whole year um i definitely i I got to meet uh, Jim Selby, who's now retiring from service to school, but has done an amazing job both in the Marine Corps and both in the, as a veteran uh, for and helping people. So I worked with Jim Selby for literally all of that year because I just really care about this. You know, I really I saw that somebody was actually willing to help, you know, which was him and service to school organization. And I saw that. Not just that, but that the IBs or the top schools were taking uh, like initial steps and were taking steps to partner with an organization like Service to School to help veterans. So something like that is actually really, really, really surprising. You know, it, it is really surprising only because, like I said, you don't see that. So that happened and after that, like I got my admissions um, letter and it all, it all went 
it, it definitely, my life definitely took a turn, you know, but I, I was ecstatically happy, like really happy. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can imagine. But uh, yeah, and tell, tell us how you, you prepared for Harvard. Did you take any classes when you were in the Air Force or were there, uh, what kind of academic preparation did you, did, before, uh, did you do before you applied? Yeah, so I, so in high school, um, I, did, I did graduate like as a top student, you know, um, but I wanted to go into the military. I really wanted to serve. So in high school, like I, I was already exposed to like college material since high school because I took uh, college prep courses and dual prep uh, courses. Um, so then eventually, that's how obsessed, you know, I was with, with higher education, you know, but I was in the military. So it's like, it, I was reaching out for two things, you know, the military and education, but I mean, I, you know that the military is always going to come first, no matter what. You may have a plan, but you're going to be like, yeah, you can't do this. So you're going to be sent to this location. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> you know, so it, military always comes first. At least it did for me. Um, so after that, um, I, I also got training, you know, to be trained as an intelligence analyst, you know, that lasted a year, you know, so I think that whether you're training, um, is like two months, a month to a year, two years or two plus years, you know, as being trained for the job for the military, all of that actually does help you, you know, because in the end you're getting tested out for certain things, you know? So it's not like all of that's going in vain and you're like starting college, like completely unaware of how to like listen to somebody telling you instructions or like learning something, you know? So all of those things definitely come um, through eventually. So I feel like that helped me a lot because I had dual uh, credit classes in high school. I went through a whole year of intelligence training, which was really really intense um and after that i did settle on my duty station for like a year without having any any um any online classes you know but what happens that first year when you get to your duty station you start training on the job you know you start actually doing your job you know so all of those things that you actually start doing start learning and start practicing and you have instructors there showing you what to do and if you don't do it right, I mean, there's probably going to be an issue. So you're trying to strive to do it right, you know, um, as much as you can. So, you know, all of those things and all of those habits, you know, that's what you do in college in the end, you know. And quite frankly, sometimes all of those things quite be maybe even harder than college itself at one point, you know. So after that one year of training that I learned the job um, and everything already I'm at duty station in, in Missouri um, you know I did have a little more free time and more leeway so I, I did ended up taking some online courses you know I started taking mm -hmm. just online courses basic general courses for college credit um, so that also helped me and and they were like eight week courses, you know, so it's like it's a little bit more cramped up rather than three month classes. So you start and I'm not saying but I did that, but like you don't really need all of that. Um, so 
it, it is a lot more of like looking back now like what's the stuff that has helped me succeed to be quite frank <laughs> at a place like harvard or just honestly college in general you only need like three or four things which is like persistence ambition patience and how much you really want to do this you know like that's really all it comes down to like you don't have to take all these online courses like and all do all these high school credit courses they they do help you know but it, it, it is just another part of your life you know and and also i'm pretty sure there's other like organizations for the students that for the students and veterans that do want to take some type of prep work prior going to uh, these type of schools, um, such as the Warrior Scholar Project and stuff like that, it is, they are out there, but it's not like an absolute must. If you don't take that, like you're going to completely fail uh, in once you're in a college student, completely be really bad at it. Like it's not a guarantee. It's not, it's not like that. You know, you just have to really take it as one other step in your life and realize that also. I mean, it is supposed to be hard, you know, that's where imposter syndrome comes in, you know, but it is supposed to be hard. Yeah, um, no, 100 percent. I, I, I hear that. And what what would you get? What kind of advice would you give someone who's because you you talk about how it's, it's, it's a hard path. What advice would you give someone right now who's who's thinking um, about going to Harvard, who was in, in your shoes, say, four years ago? Um, who's on active duty, who's got dreams of going to Harvard and is trying to figure out how to set themselves up for success? I think there's like three stages of all of, in all of that, you know? The first stage is getting like ready for to apply, you know? Actually dedicate time because when you do apply to these schools, um, the admissions officers have like a max of like maybe like seven to 10 minutes, maybe a little bit more to look at your, glance at your application, you know? And you also have to be open-minded that like, they don't know who you are at all and you're giving who you are in that application. You know, after you write that application, uh, depends, depending on um, how, you, how you do it, how, how it comes out, it's giving a glimpse of who you are. But, you know, realistically speaking, there's like a lot of people in this world, you know? So that's why just be honest, be honest about what you are as a person, who you are and what you really want to do, because honesty is just, no, it's just, you know, it's not, it's nice. You get to know who this person really is. And after that, like the officers can be like, oh, I really want to meet this person, you know, and they have any, it just, just by glancing at something that you wrote. So prepare for it, you know, service to school will help you. Um, and they, so ha have that process, you know, and also think that, you know, stuff takes time. You can write a, a personal essay, but it's not going to be your final essay. You know, that you can go through like five personal essays until you finish polish it, you know? So actually take that seriously. And after that, once you do get accepted, you know, you're going to be really excited. You're going to have all these, like, you're going to be like, wow, you're, I'm going from whether it is active duty or reserve or guard military to, to this really nice uh, school. You know, there's that process of like, wow, you're going to be going through a lot of change, you know, like you're going to move moving places for those who are moving places. Uh, you're going to be emotionally and mentally like having to 
like shift gears realistically speaking you know you like you have freedom now in some some sense you know so there's a lot of stuff there so just prepare for that because it it will take some energy from you you know so then you you get to a third stage when you actually start doing the schoolwork and you actually start classes like your first semester your second semester you know and that's the third stage where you are in a completely different environment than what you're used to um there's people from all over the world there are people um who you know it is going to be there is there are going to be some differences you know because not everyone is like pro military you know pro war or anything like that you know so there's going to be a lot of different perspectives but that is just how the world is you know so there's going to be a lot of change but you know in reality once you get to your classes and stuff like that and you start getting the hang of like the homework whether it's an essay or the p sets which are the problem sets like you do have to realize like the only thing that you do have in common with everybody else there in the school is that you want something way bigger and way more than what you have you know you want something more you want to keep persisting so you're going to have ambition you're going to have persistence you're going to have patience and what do you really want you know because you're there for a reason because you want something out of it so that's honestly something that can is really going to unite you to everybody else you know um when it comes to the imposter syndrome like the only way to tackle imposter syndrome, like in my perspective, in my opinion, is that, well, you've already been through a bunch of stuff in the military as a, as a military member, you know? Like when you, a lot of us, when you first started in the military and you, when you would, you know, when you first started like first day on the job or maybe first day in training or any of the like, like not all of us like were experts. You know, you, you did, a lot of us did struggle along the way, you know, maybe um, a few, like, a few, like, sergeants just being in your face about it, you know, just a bunch of, like, yelling and uncomfortable situations that, you know, like, you're younger and you're like, um, this is really bad. <laughs> um, but you weren't an expert, you know, you, you, you were not, and if you were, that's great for you, but... A lot of us were not. You, you were getting accustomed to this new lifestyle, you know? So it's the same thing in college. Like, yes, the classes and some coursework is going to be really heavy and you're going to lose sleep over it. But that is also college, you know? So you have experienced really, like, messed up situations in the military, some of us, you know? And that's just going to help you, you know, because you build, you have built up that resiliency, you know, like, to be quite frank, you have built that up and it's just college, the heart, like the higher education, the really exclusive colleges, you should throw a bunch of work at you. It's just another um, station in your life, another situation. And that's, I mean, that's my perspective of com combating um, the imposter syndrome is that like, I mean, it is going to be hard. It has been hard for for some classes they are they are harder to do than others you know so but that's in the end then go whenever you are stuck you know you think okay why am I here well you wanted to be there in the first place you know like you wanted that maybe if it wasn't hard maybe you wouldn't want it <laughs> so it is gonna be challenging but think about it this way like 
the fact that it's challenging is probably a good thing because eventually after four years, you're going to be through it and you're going to graduate and you're going to look back and say, dang, I did that, you know, and there's not a lot of veterans at these schools, you know, so that's a huge accomplishment being in the military and then being in an exclusive school and graduating from it. That's just really nice. You know, that's just really amazing. Um, and yeah, like, I think that's the key in all honesty. Gotcha. And, uh, and I think that what, what you touched on there is really important because all of us, I think, or well, a lot of us in the military, when we, when we leave the military, we have this idea that certain colleges are very, you know, very elite, that they were kind of unattainable. I had that, I know I struggled with that myself. And for, in, in my sense, where I went to graduate school, that you'd say things when you're in the military, you say, say things like, oh, there's all those Ivy League kids and, and things like that. And you wouldn't really think that you could ever really be one of them. But then you wake up one morning, you are one of them. And you're like, do I really do I really fit in here? Do I really belong here? And then it, it, it always takes like, you know, almost a year or a year or two to, to kind of really believe that you you do belong there. Um, so I, I definitely, definitely um, really hear what you said and it, and it resonates with me as well. Um, I just wanted to uh, switch gears slightly just to talk about um, your, your experience with your service as school ambassador. Um, and you, you also mentioned Jim Selby. How did they, uh, they help you with the application process and get you prepared for, uh, for Harvard? Yeah. Um, so I mostly work with Jim Selby because at first, um, back then, I was a pre-med student. Um, but I got assigned to, um, to an ambassador that that, that I was already applying to medical school. So I just let, uh, like, in the service to school, like, um, the administrators know that, like, I'm not a student that's going to apply to medical school just yet because I'm going for in for a bachelor's degree. So then Jim Selby just took me in, and uh, I just ended up working with him um, in the end. Um, so the way that he helped me is that, like, I definitely had a lot of questions, you know, but like sometimes you don't really know what those questions really are. You just know that like you have a question, but like you don't sometimes even know what it is. So I definitely got help from him in a way that he he connected with me with the military coordinators at that's the schools that I was looking to apply. And he told me that I should probably set up like a meeting or a Zoom meeting, uh, a Zoom meeting with them or like a tech, like a, a car or anything like that to ask them questions and inform myself about the veteran life in those schools, you know, about what they do, what their goal is. Also like, hey, like for my application, like what are some type of like helpful tips, you know? They're not gonna tell you what to write, you know, and how to write it, but like something helpful, like any of that helps. And then also I was looking for, so you know how like for when you apply to these colleges, they ask for a personal essay and they ask for their separate, separate um, small questions. They're like usually like 200 words uh, max that you write and they're all independent for each school. So um, whenever you, you do that, like it does get, it, it ends up being like a lot of writing, you know? And a lot of us haven't written that much in a long time. So it, I did ask him, who can I, who can like look over these and who can check for the grammar? Who can like make it make sense, you know, because you might feel confident, but like, does it really make sense to somebody else? Because if you start putting a bunch of words there, like, that are like military terms, you know, the, 
somebody else that's a civilian, they're not going to understand what you're saying, you know? So there's definitely ways to bridge that gap. And that's through the help of like the service to school ambassadors and, and Jim Selby that he connects you with people who can like literally like he connected me back then with um it was an actually English teacher at Columbia University, you know? And and she was like, Yeah, I'll read it over. And she read over my personal essay and she made some edits and that was amazing from, you know, an Ivy League English teacher. I mean, I'll take it any day. <laughs> so I think that there's like a lot of help, you know, that you can get. Like whatever you really like really like think that you can be helped with, like when it comes to the application, when it comes to bridging the gap between those schools and you, because that's what service to school does. You know, it's it's like a it's it's literally a bridge because there's like it's like if you picture it, it's you as an active reserve guard member in the military, and then there's these schools. You know, so it's like, well, who is a middleman that can really help both ways understand about each other? So that's how it's that's that's how it was for me. Oh, that's no, that's that's fantastic, and um, no, and we really like stories like you yours are are why we what we do what we do. It's it's inspirational, just really helping you know helping our our fellow veterans you know cross that like you said like cross that cross that bridge and um, and then hit submit on those applications because having been through the process myself, I know how how daunting it is um, when you first open them up. You have to you have to write all those essays. Um, and think through how you're telling your story and then having someone on the other side who can, can really give you a little bit of guidance and, and some pushes in the right direction is, is so helpful. So um, hearing your story um, definitely validates the, the work that we do. So thank you so much for that. Um, but I do want to ask you, um, what's, what's next? So you, you mentioned you're interested in medical school. Um, what, what, uh, what are you thinking about doing after Harvard? Yeah, um... So initially, I, I was interested in, in medical school, but that, you know, like, that's sometimes like the, the dreams and the, and the aspirations that you have as a, as a teenager, you know, as in high school, and then you go to the military and stuff like that, you learn about a lot of other things, right? So you do change, you know, as a person sometimes. And whenever you, you already are accepted to college and you do start college and you end up in like a liberal arts school, you do get to explore a lot of things, you know? And I mean, you, and it could be different for everyone. You know, there could be veterans that are set into becoming like an investment banker, like since they wanted to go in or somebody else that isn't really sure where they want to go. But that's what also college is for, you know, and especially a liberal arts institution. So I did get to explore a lot of other things. And I really love um, political science. I really love like laws and regulations. So I went from wanting to major in biology and or neuroscience to uh, government. Uh, so I will. I am a government major, and I am getting a secondary in global health policy because I really want to help people out. And but still, as in like, I, you can see there's still some like medical area in in the decisions that I made. But I mostly want to go into law. So hopefully, 
after I graduate, um, I can pursue law school. Oh, very cool. So you might get a another service school ambassador on our, our <laughs> JD side. Hopefully, <laughs> yes. Very cool. Very cool. And so, what area of law are you interested in? You 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 talked about global health, um, government. What uh what area of law are you most interested in studying? Yeah. Um. I know the the ones that really stand out right now. You know, they may change later. You know, I might change my mind, but I really. I'm going to be taking um, constitutional law this upcoming semester, and I'm also interested in international law, um, but, you know, we'll see. Like, I'm really excited to explore all of it, and it's going to be a ride. <laughs> no, very, very cool. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, before we close out, I just wanted to give you just, um, you, know, a, you know, a minute or two just to share any like last words of wisdom uh, you may have um, for our listeners about, um, about your experience and, uh, and how they can uh, basically um, follow in your footsteps. You know, like I did forget to say, you know, like I am a, look, if you really think about it, you know, I'm a 25 year old female. I'm a daughter of Mexican migrants. So I'm Mexican American, I'm Latina. I did forget to mention that I'm a first-generation low-income student, you know? So when you look at that, and there may or may not be a lot of, like, veterans out there, but honestly, sometimes a lot of the odds are already against you. You know, you already have two strikes because of the way you look or because of your name, your complexion, you know, unfortunately. So I think that, a lot of those things can get in in the way and they can get they can make they can maybe get to your mind and be like, oh, I'm never gonna go into this school because I don't look like this, you know, or because I don't have a generational wealth. So a lot of those factors can play and can really mess with your mind, you know. But then you realize, hey, I joined the United States military. Hey, I protected America and it's allies. Hey, I saved some people. Hey, I did all of this. Hey, I unfortunately have this type of triggers, you know, due to war. You fought for the United States, like to be real, whether it was four years, two years, 20, 20 plus years, you served the United States military. So that's already something, a huge thing, you know, even if it might not look like it to some of you, but you already did that, you know, no matter what your job was like at all, you did it and you finished and you got an honorable discharge. You did that. And that's already like a small percentage in the world population, you know? So whenever you're ready to look into your next step, look at that, look where you came from, look at the in-between and own it and just freaking go for it. because you may think, oh my God, I'm not the number one person, uh, the place, I don't know, I'm not the number one place that plays the, the trumpet in the world, you know, I'm not that number one person. Okay, well, that number one person, they played that instrument, they're like number one in it, you know, internationally. Okay, but that person did not join the military and went through all the experiences and all the things that you actually did go through. Okay, so 
that's already like, yeah, they did that, but you also did what you did. And nobody else really experienced that but yourself and your peers that were in it with you. So you have to really like give yourself like some um, perspective of what you have actually done with your life, you know? And, and like I said, like my supervisor said, if you never ask, the answer is always going to be no. And when you do get in and when you already get in, also think about it. And I really want to like highlight the whole imposter syndrome thing. Like, hey, why? I don't know why. I mean, you are born into this social contract and right. And you always going to be comparing yourself to these uh, ideas and, and people around you. But why the stuff I have, like I said, I have a different perspective on imposter syndrome, you know, and and I don't think that you should feel bad about feeling not enough. I think you should probably look at them like, dang, like, I'm not doing so great right now. But why are you not doing so great? Well, because you're actually being challenged because you are surrounded by people that do know more than you. Isn't that a good thing to be around people that don't know, that, that literally do know more than you? Like, surrounding people like that, have that type of community that do more because eventually, like, there's five people doing that. You're going to be the sixth. Like you're gonna, it is good to not be an expert when you first start. I mean, it is supposed to be hard and it is gonna be hard, but you will graduate and, and you're gonna be really happy about it. Um, that is that is my different perspective on imposter syndrome. You, you're gonna feel like you're not doing well enough. Well, maybe because you already, if you're in a room that you're the expert on, that's great. That's good for you. You know, that's amazing. But after a while, you're not really being challenged. You know, you got to move on to the next level, you know. So I think taking a lot of um, these ideas in, into perspective um, can go a long way. It can really help veterans, you know. Yeah, I, I love that sentiment right there. I, there was a quote, I can't remember who said it, that said, uh, if you're in a room where you're the smartest person, you need to find another room. Yes, so, exactly. <laughs> um, love, that, love, that, love that sentiment. But um, Eileen, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story with us and our listeners, though. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more great things and then having you as an, uh, as an applicant again in our, in our law school um, admissions, uh, <laughs> or, you know, our, our law school um, ambassador program. Yes, thank you so much, Alec, for sure. <laughs> cool. All right, thanks. All right, you take care. All right, thank you. That's all we have for this episode. Join us next week, same time, same place, where we share more Service to School Stories. Service to School Stories is hosted by Sydney Mathis, Chief Program Officer, and Alec Emmert, Service to School CEO. Our podcast is produced and edited by our Director of Communication, Amanda Tobias. Service to School is a 501c3 nonprofit providing free college admission support to transitioning service members and veterans. Join us next week and follow us for more on your favorite social media platforms.